0: Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit. Where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So, I'm going to jump into it because I would like to keep this a short one if I can. I recently asked on my Instagram, uh, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T, um, what your favorite travel movies are. And thank you to those of you that answered. I got, um, a couple of responses and the ones that are coming to mind right now are Under the Tuscan Sun. Um, I think it was Midnight in Paris, uh, Into the Wild, um, There was 180 Degrees South or something like that. I think Motorcycle Diaries. Um, I've heard of Under the Tuscan Sun, Into the Wild. I'd never heard of Motorcycle Diaries. Uh, That one actually looks a little interesting considering it's about uh, Che Rivera. Wait, am I saying his name right? I don't think I am, Um, but Che. Um... And I hadn't heard of 180 Degrees from South, I wanna say. And the common theme for the most part, except for Motorcycle Diaries to my understanding, white niggas, just white people, right? So then I was just like, well, let me see. What other movies about travel are there? Are there any movies about travel with black leads? and predominantly black casts as well. And I came up with plenty of top 20 travel movies, top 50 travel movies, best travel movies. There are a ton of lists of travel movies and not a single one of them, not a one that I came across had a black lead except for, I want to say bucket list, which had Morgan Friedman and a homie from shining. I cannot remember his name right now, but that is the only movie that came up in any of these lists that had, you know, I won't say a person of color because there were movies that had people of color, a bunch of them seeming to be related to uh, India. Even the movies about Africa, had white folks on the not the thumbnail but the thumbnail the 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 picture that they use for the movie promo right and you know did it bother me of course but it's kind of one of those things that you just sit on to be something that you understand you're never surprised by you get It's just always kind of a disappointment. Right? So it got me to thinking like outside of social media, you would think that black folks don't travel. Cause mind you, a girl's trip, right? Seen it. We love it. Uh, are we there yet? I feel like ice cube plays the same nigga in every movie, but honestly, if I were going to be an actress, that's what I would do. I think that I would really kill it in roles where it's mostly like myself. Right. Not even mad at him, but It seems as if movies about travel that have a Black lead tend to always be comedies. They tend to be lighthearted. They tend to be fun in nature. And is there anything wrong with that? No. But it is painting a very one-dimensional picture in my mind of how Black folks travel. It's as if we don't get to travel for self-discovery. We don't get to have an eat, pray, love story. We don't get to have a, um, what's his name was it? I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. Hector, what's his name? Hector and the search for happiness. We don't get these epic stories of adventure and discovery. And it's, you would think that we don't hike. You would think that we don't get fucking lost in the wilderness. Uh, There are so many different plots to many of these travel movies where, you know, the endless, the topics are even, they're they're fucking endless, right? Yet, there are no mainstream media. I I promise you there are independent films. I promise you there's probably something somewhere that does have a black person not just a person of color but a black person as a lead in a movie about travel it's okay the one uh what's the thing with uh Denzel Sun I can't remember um we actually just watched it it wasn't a terrible movie but it also wasn't like my favorite movie and it gave very much so So we have to be doing something in the movie, right? Like he was out there trying to figure out what happened to his girlfriend and solve a crime, you know, solve a mystery kind of thing, whereas I want to see a story about someone that is traveling for the sake of travel, that's traveling for the sake of enriching themselves and getting something from travel. I want to see a movie where there is a black woman that decides to become a digital nomad or an expat or, you know, leave the country to find love or just happens to fall into love someplace else. You know, like all of the you know, many different plots and reasons that white actors and actresses get to explore, uh, travel in different films. And I was talking about this with my boyfriend, who is actually a film major. I want to say I did communications in school. And although I would have excelled in production, I ended up doing the easiest route and I did, uh, media studies just because I did not want to be held to returning equipment on time. And honestly, I didn't, I've never liked group work. I never wanted to have to arrange schedules and, you know, meet, have people meet me places at a certain, that wasn't for me. Wasn't my jam, never been my ministry. I've always been very much so better at, um, working by myself only not only, but mostly because I tend to be, it's gonna sound crazy, but I tend to be kind of scatterbrained in terms of I'll figure it out when I get there or what do you call the word? Um, I'm a procrastinator. I'm very good at that. And I've always known that my lack of urgency or my lack of preparation does not equal someone else having to break their neck to get something done because I waited till the last minute, right? So, whereas part of my collegiate education did include watching films and, you know, really breaking apart what we were looking at, it wasn't the, the complete essence of what I went to school for, small portion, that I enjoyed very much. And so that got us to thinking, you know, whose responsibility is that? not the chicken or the egg conversation, does the audience necessarily dictate what the artist is going to create or does the artist create something and then the audience find it, right? So there is clearly an audience. There are millions of black men and women, black non-identifying people, just black people, however they identify who fucking travel. We just don't necessarily have very mainstream and easy to find representations of us and our desires to travel in the media. So before I get to the artist end of it, if you will, because that was a fun conversation that we'd had, I kind of wanted to touch on um, a little bit of like the themes in the travel movies, because... While I cannot pinpoint or draw on a particular experience where I've ever felt um, in danger because of being a black woman, I absolutely have memories of very, very much so being othered, or very much so feeling left out, or um, you know, ignored in my travels. But then there's always that, that voice in the back of your mind. Is it because you're a woman? Is it because you're black? Is it really a thing or is it just in your head? Right? That's something that I don't know that white folks ever question. Now I'm sure that, you know, there are white folks that don't question like, is it because I'm a woman? Is it because I'm gay? Is it because I'm fat? Is it because, um, I may look poor? Like I'm, there are, obviously different um, descriptors or adjectives, or uh, I don't know, identifying qualities, if you will, that everybody can draw on and kind of say, well, am I being treated this way because of this? However, I also have that exact same list of different things that I can draw on. Whereas on top of that, as a black woman, I also have the very strongly overarching um, very easily identifiable descriptor of being black. So that's always going to be on my mind, whether or not it is on the mind of the people that I'm questioning, whether or not they're judging me, right? So it's kind of one of those things where you don't necessarily want to have a race to who's got it worse. You don't necessarily want to have a a competition, a suffering competition, right? But- if someone shares the exact same, you know, I guess you could say visible identifiers. Like if we, if I'm presenting the same as another woman and the only difference between us is race, of course I'm going to now look in my mind and say, damn, is it my blackness that is making these people not include me in the conversation? Or, you know, cause I'm thinking in cuba for one i did not enjoy my snorkeling experience because i did not feel like i got any of the support that i would have needed in making sure i was doing it right um in china i have never been stared at as hard as i was at least not to my noticing as i was in china when i tell you it looked as if i would i had like i felt as if i had five heads could have been because i had short hair i think it was blonde at the time it could have been A million different reasons, right? Um, Where was the other place I was thinking? In Barcelona. It was a pretty small community that I was staying in while I was there because I was not necessarily in the Barcelona you see on TV. I was in the mountains about an hour outside of Barcelona. And walking down the street, like I felt like people were definitely staring at me. In Bali, I the group of kids that I did that sunrise hike with didn't even acknowledge that I was even there until maybe like six hours into the day. Um, You know, so I've absolutely had occurrences where I've questioned where I fit into the surrounding areas, but I've never, thank thank God, I mean, I'm not looking for them, but I can't pinpoint a time where i've ever necessarily felt like i was in danger because of being black right however it's always on my mind it's always something that goes through my mind in terms of what is the feeling of this neighborhood what does this block feel like what does this store feel like when i walk into stores all the time i you know either get ignored or get paid hyper attention to and then it's like well is this a pretty privileged thing are people speaking to me and smiling at me because i am pr- attractive or because they think that i'm a good black because let's not front like that's not a thing we all know that there are people that deem certain characteristics or certain presentations of blackness to be more acceptable than other presentations. And so there's always in the back of my mind, well, is that it? Like there's always a, what could it be that's having people treat me the way that they're treating me? And that sadly, um, somehow, not somehow, but in some aspects colors my experiences of different places and communities that I'm in. That being, fa- that being what it is, it is, I don't want to say frustrating, but it's frustrating when watching a travel movie where you want to just identify with a character just off the strength of, oh, I would love to visit that place. Or this actually is a really sick plot, yo. Like this shit is going to be so fucking good. But then you're met at an impasse in the film, if you will, where it's kind of like, would I ever be able to pull this off? Or would I ever feel safe enough to do this? Like, I know I would for damn sure, never go on a, you know, solo trek 4,000 miles across the Northwest or anything like that. I wanna say that was the um, plot to that movie with Reese Witherspoon Wild. I want to say that that's also a similar, oh, Into the Wild, where this kid just like, uh, I was watching the trailer, nigga burns all his, I, I think he burned all of his ID, all his identification, his cash, everything, like, backpack, went with it. I would never do any of that just because I know that there are places where I can go that I may not make it out of. I absolutely know there are places that I can go where I may not be met with support, encouragement, or even, um, you know, a safe place to eat, let alone sleep. I am also, sadly, consistently reminded by the media outside of movies and, you know, stories, but just in the fucking news and in social media with people being able to share their experiences and their stories, I'm often in this bigly year of 2021 reminded that people that look like me still aren't welcome in places, whether it be, there's this one Instagram account, uh, I think, is it Portland or is it Seattle? Like they travel to different parks or different areas up in the, um, Northwest, the Northwest region of the States. And they kind of just, you know, chronicle, if you will, or document their experiences of traveling while black in these areas. I know there is a really incredible photographer. I want to say her name is Wild Gina on Instagram, who has often spoken up and out about her discomfort and, um, hesitation to doing, cause she's a wildlife photographer and she does a lot of, uh, nature, photos and stuff outdoors. So she spends a lot of time in these natural, beautiful spaces and just you know, listening to her describe having to, well, not listening to, but like in her very, she's very um, good storyteller. Even I, I appreciate storytellers that are good across different mediums. Like I had my guest last week, Inka Cresswell, who is an incredible narrator, like she tells good stories, but also is able to, you know, express that story through her lens as well. And that Instagram account, Wild Gina, that I just mentioned, she does a beautiful job of capturing incredibly beautiful images. Um, Check out her work and buy some of her work. She does very beautiful um, images, but her captions often also tell really beautiful stories as well. And sadly, a lot of them aren't um, beautifully warm stories. They're beautiful in terms of, she does a great job of getting her points across and clearly communicating how she feels in some of the spaces where she does not feel safe doing her job as a photographer. So all that in the big year of 2021, our Lord and Savior, whomever you worship or praise. Welcome to the future a lot of it is still very similar to that of the past. So it is very frustrating to really want to get into a movie or to really want to identify with the character and the narrative and the stories of characters portrayed in travel movies and always have in the back of my mind, oh, could I do that? Could I go here? Would I stand out? I would be I would not be able to blend in. Look at where they are. The way that they're able to get away from whatever is chasing them at this point in the movie is they're able to seamlessly blend into a crowd. I'm going to fucking stand out in the crowd that this person is able to blend themselves into, right? So, little things like that, it makes it you know, less easy to see myself in the story. Sometimes that's why I enjoy books a little bit better than movies, only because you can paint a peripheral vision. Uh, You can paint a community around what's happening outside of what the author explicitly tells you, right? So you're allowed to use a little bit of sprinkling of imagination if you so um, choose to or if there is space to in the story, right? But in movies, you got a shit ton of extras. Like everything is filled in for the most part. So it is a lot harder. And it is never lost on me while I'm watching these movies, all of the points and the spaces where I immediately understand my experience of the world around me to be vastly, greatly different. And I know that one thing in particular, like what always came to mind for me was, it was, what was that? It's not about a movie about travel, but I wanna say who did Weeds? Was it Showtime or HBO? Don't know. But um, Weeds where the white lady was like this uh, weed selling drug kingpin or whatever. And I liked that very subtly in a few of the seasons there was a black family that was part of the cast and they would absolutely kind of hint at, well, honey, you're white. This is why you didn't get pulled over with like mad bricks of fucking weed in your car because you just white womaned yourself out of it. And a lot of the shit she got herself into, she was able to get out of because of her whiteness. Now, I would love to find a little think piece or a blog post or something, about all the shit she was able to get in and out of because of her whiteness. And it always frustrated me in the show when I would see this like, yo, how the fuck does this make sense? Where, why would nobody check her? The privilege of not being an other, if you will. And it had me kind of looking at these lists of movies and it's kind of like, (laughs) would I, Do I want to watch this and then have this feeling of constantly, oh, I couldn't do that or, well, that wouldn't be me or cultural differences. This is not some shit we fuck with and not even on some white people shit like white water rafting or um, just hiking in general, right? Because a lot of people assume activities like that to be white people shit, whereas many of us know that to not be true. And to understand and even see ourselves in the experiences of doing white people shit. I've done surfing. I've done hiking. I've done, I've climbed a mountain. I've gone. I've I've climbed an active volcano. I've done, you know, um, jumped off the side of a boat in the middle of the ocean to do swimming with the sea lion. So shit that at one time in my life I would have been like, oh girl, that's some white people shit. That's white niggas do that. We don't. It has been gratifying to be able to say, I live a life where I'm doing things that I never could have seen myself doing or that I've never seen someone that looks like me fucking do. And I'm happy to say that I can be that example to another little brown girl that has never seen herself in these situations or seen someone that looks like her in situations like that. Because sadly enough, many of us understand that it is very hard to become something that you do not see. So social media is great for you know opening that dis- discussion and opening that bag of, no, we can do this too. We can be in these spaces, right? But then it goes back to just storytelling in general. And I'm thinking of the movies that I really enjoy. And I tend to really enjoy interpersonal relationships in movies because it's a lot easier to identify as a daughter as, um, a sister, as an, an employee sometimes is very difficult because we all know race and workplaces is, is, it's absolutely a fucking thing. But one of my favorite movies is Interstellar. So it's not your like traditional travel movie, but it's space travel and time continuum realm travel. And I love that movie so much because it, the, the strongest theme in that movie for me is the father-daughter relationship. And I'm very much so a daddy's girl, so that's probably why it's my the first travel movie that I can think of um, that I fucking love, right? And I love it so much because I can see myself in that. I can see that love between the father and daughter. So whiteness means nothing in that. But when you have movies like Into the Wild, when you have movies like Hector and The Search for Happiness, his whiteness is a very big piece of what that is, whether or not it's explicitly detailed. The way that the world treats people absolutely encompasses how people self-identify and how they are able to move about in spaces, whether they be white spaces or black spaces. Uh, there's a section of the movie where Hector's in Africa. It's absolutely the white savior, the white savior archetype where his friend from, I want to say college is doing mission work. And, you know, it's this really poor village and he's a doctor that's, you know, doing the Lord's work there. And so Hector goes to help him there. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, great. There's, I'm happy that, I don't think any of us are ever unhappy when people that need help are getting help, but it's it's never lost on me that it's like really this is how we're depicting Africa again as if there aren't any, you know, industrialized areas, as if there aren't any fucking rich, beautiful, lush, like happy, unimpoverished areas for there to be highlighted, but it's part of the story, how he is greeted and interacted there and his interactions with people and the, I'm trying not to, you know, give the movie away, but there's, his whiteness is a factor in the movie. And even the depiction of Blackness as a Black woman is like, well, fuck, of course, this is the narrative that we choose. It could have been anything. It it did not have to be done this way. Now, I understand that it made for a part of the story, like part of the plot. That's not lost on me. But could we not have accomplished telling this story while also highlighting another picture of Africa, as opposed to the same tired trope that we're consistently getting. So back to the conversation of the artist and the audience, whose responsibility is that, right? I know that I can tell when black stories, not all the time, but we all know that we've watched a movie where there are black characters that weren't written by black folks, when the humor just don't hit, when it doesn't land, or um I was actually watching a clip on Instagram not too long ago with uh, Jaleel White, and he was explaining why Stefan Urkel was, man, Urkel was such a cultural staple for us in the 90s, right? He was a huge character, and what he was explaining was that Family Matters, when it first started, was, you know, he was referencing a clip where Harriet came home from work and was like, Hoy ve. and it's like, eh, who wrote that? That's not what she's gonna say. You know what I mean? And what his point was, was that Urkel did so well because he was very non-traditionally black. They wrote, it's it just, he was a, you're, you're very cookie cutter, boxed nerd. And so the white boys that was writing the script, they could identify with that. So it was very easy to write him. They just had to, you know, he played the accordion. He was into polka. He was, you know, very white, if you will, on paper. So he ended up being, as an actor, able to bring a little bit of flavor to the character, but it's just a reference point for me to, you know, get to that point of when non-black writers are writing for the black characters and when we can really tell that these characters were not written with any type of cultural understanding or uh, cultural culturally significant references for the character and their space in the story and honestly i wouldn't want to watch a black ass movie written by white folks and we all know that there are gatekeepers to a lot of different industries There are gatekeepers in the dance world. There are gatekeepers in, you know, the tech world. There are gatekeepers in every um, realm you can envision. And the majority of those gatekeepers are still white. And sadly, if our projects aren't given the larger budgets or given the opportunities to flourish and be told by black writers, we're kind of at the mercy of seeing ourselves from a white gaze, if they're not allowed to be and it, cause that I, I don't want it to, I don't want the point that you're picking up here. Cause com- communication is two way. I'm, trying to be careful about the words I choose because I do not want to seemingly ignore the fact that there are black stories that are being told, that there are black artists and screenwriters and directors and storytellers that are doing incredible work and doing beautifully um, put together um, black films that do a good job of telling our stories from our voices and from our lens. However, my point that I'm trying to make is that they are not the, the overarching story. They're not the readily available pieces of content that we are going to find when you Google a list of movies that you want, that you may look into when you go through your, um, Hulu and Netflix. And when you're looking for movies to watch, these aren't the movies, unless you do a very good job of, um, you know how they'll suggest movies based on your viewing history. I only get mad black movies when I go to like the brown sugar app, or when I go on my, I love Christmas movies, when I go on my Christmas movie binge, and I will absolutely watch all the black ass movies that I can find first, like those straight to DVD movies, those, um, I don't want to say C-list actors or D-list actors, but Y'all know the actors that are in all of the black Christmas movies, you know, you know, the actors that are consistently in the movies that get like the Vivica Foxes, the Melinda Williams, the Christian keys of them. We love them, right? We love the roles that they play. However, they never really get like those blockbuster, they don't get the Queen Queen Latifah roles. They don't get the Denzel roles. You see what I'm saying? Like you've got your handful of actors, well, as that list is absolutely growing and we're absolutely seeing more diversity um, happening. It is still lacking. It's still in in its infancy. Like it's something that is garnering more attention, but it's, you know, I'm speaking about it in this little travel box here because it's. This is a travel podcast. So, that being said, while I do want to see more movies and media shows about, you know, Black people and their experiences of travel, I want it done by Black people. I want an authentic story. I want an authentic uh, depiction of the experience. I don't want something written by a white man and then just narrated by a black woman or you know acted out by a black cast and you know i don't necessarily consider like myself an artist or anything like that but i know that when i write a story or i used to write short stories and stuff when i would write stories i would i can only write it from my experience. That's all I can do. That is what, how my brain works. I work and I see things from, you know, the life I've lived and that colors my opinions on things, right? So I am going to write black characters, not to say that there are black creatives or creators that don't write white characters, but it is, not, I, and I don't want to kind of say that an artist has to include people. Right. But when you think of things like sex in the city, friends, I could never get into them because you live in fucking Manhattan. This is New York city. And there's not a single person of color here. Granted, you could be on the upper West side, but bitch, we be out here too. We work at all the stores and the coffee shops and the gro- the groceries, the, the cleaners, you know, they're people of color. It's, it, it, it's just very visibly lacking in many of the stories that we see. And it's kind of like a, is it the responsibility of the artist or the storyteller to include everybody? If that's not what their experience is. Like, I'm certain that there are plenty of these people that live in or move and operate in very, very homogenous spaces. Like it's just white folks and you got like a sprinkling of black folks in passing to the point where they don't even see us. Or is it that they just don't acknowledge that we exist in their own regular fucking world and we're just, you know, support staff, if you will, in their world, that that's not even someone that they write into their scripts, right? So it's like if I'm writing a story, I'm writing a black ass story, and I dare somebody to try to tell me that I have to include other people in it. Like if I were to write a coming of age story, this coming of age story could write okay. If I were to do a coming of age story on my uh, of my own narrative, the majority of my teachers in elementary school were fucking black. I went to a black ass school. I had a couple of white teachers here and there, but I promise you the favorite teacher that if I were to write about my elementary school junior high experience, if I were to write a coming of age film and I was in junior high, every last one of the teachers I had in junior high, I think after seventh grade, because I think Sister Corita may have retired after she was, she's a white nun. She was like my sixth grade homeroom teacher and my social studies teacher. And I don't think that she was my teacher past like seventh grade or so. So I could probably safely say, and if I were going to cast it, I'd have all black teachers in it any fucking way. But, but that's because I know that when I want to think of my audience, I want my audience to be black folks. So it's my story. It's my creation. Of course, I'm going to do what the fuck I want. Of course, I'm going to include who I want. And should I, or am I justified, if you will, in feeling a way when people who may have lived a very similarly homogenous life up to a certain point, whereas I still live in a Black-ass neighborhood, I notice the white folks when they're out here, and that's because they stand the fuck out. They're not the norm. So if I'm writing a story or if I'm telling a story about that neighborhood, about my neighborhood, if I'm telling a story about my general upbringing and it doesn't have a lot of white folks or it only has white folks in supporting roles or, you know, ancillary characters, the extras, if you will, the lady at, um, I don't know, a lady at church. It's the first thing that came to mind if I feel that I am able to tell a story lacking white folks, is it fair for me to not accept that a white woman writing a story or a white person writing a story to not include black people? If that's not the experience that they are drawing from, you see where it's kind of, this is, you know, very much so a conversation that has been really heavy on my heart in the last week. And it, is one of those things where you don't want to make it a thing. It's, you know people always say, oh, you always. it doesn't have to be about race. You're making it about race and it and that has nothing to do with it. Well, it has nothing to do with it to you because if you don't live a life where you are consistently thinking or if you were consistently imagining how things can go differently one way or another because you live a life where race is a thing, it's always the people that don't have to think about race that would like to have you think that thinking about race is an other thing or that it's you're doing too much. That's a privilege that many people don't have to deal with. Unfortunately, I don't live that world. And it's not to say that all black people live a life where they're always considering that race is a factor in the way things happen. But, you know, I do. That That is how my world works. I am always, on when it comes to how I am viewed, because I know that in a lot of cases, my safety depends on it. I know that presenting myself sometimes as softer or quieter or smaller makes me feel safer in unfamiliar situations. And that is often, I'm often reminded of that when I watch movies or when I am listening to stories about other people and their experiences. So, you know, it doesn't miss me when I am looking for content and I don't see what I'm looking for. When the content that I do find is shit that I just can't fucking identify with. And I was kind of curious as to, you know, why some of the, you know, stories where I can put that aside are, not curious, but I often find that the stories where I can put the race question aside are going to be stories that are interpersonal and not intersocial, if you will. It doesn't, the story or the main just um, of the plot doesn't necessarily have to involve the way that this person interacts with a much larger community when it's a smaller community or when it's a very um, nuanced community, if you will. Something like, I want to say Fargo, but I'm not, I'm only halfway on what that plot is. I'm thinking of say a movie or a show where even though they may be in a a two light town or what do they call it? Like a, a one horse, uh, community or town or some shit like that, where it's just a really small community in general, outside of just familial shit. Right. When your character is in somewhat of a smaller bubble, it becomes a little bit easier to not really think about race because it's just a bunch of people. If you only have like 50 people in the town, do you, you kind of let go of race. Cause you're just like, y'all in the middle of fucking nowhere. This is all about the way that you guys interact with each other outside of, you know, class and privilege and all that shit. Y'all are all just, you know, I, it just makes it a little bit easier to focus on the narrative and not, oh, could I get away with that? Or could I do that? Because it's just so much smaller. And then the the conversation kind of shifted when I was talking to uh, Justin about it was shit like Lord of the Rings, fantasy. Those stories that operate outside of the realm of reality, contrary to just sex in the cities that are set in actual real towns, set out like shit like in the Heights where many of us were like, the fuck is this? You, be- you, ever, you ever been to the fucking Heights? Where the niggas at? Where the black folk? Like, where are the black, black, black like these people? You know what I mean? I fucking dated a Dominican in the Heights. He stood out because he was light-skinned. I fit in. And granted, that was on like that three block radius. It's a very diverse area. But the point is that you can obviously see when cities like new york communities in new york that we all know to be very diverse are lacking the diversity that exists in real life so that's something that you come up against when you are writing a story that has some semblance in truth or has some semblance or some space in reality versus shit like hunger games when they were all bent out of shape that rue was black the author wrote her as a black girl but they were able to ignore that paragraph that described her and just say, well, oh, this is our story. Like the whole, you can't have a black Batman, what black Batman's white or like shit like that, where they're fucking make-believe. They're imaginary characters. Whereas the race technically shouldn't matter in like a fantasy world. Unless, of course, that fantasy world does include some kind of semblance into real life where the race of a character would matter. But that's not the route that I'm trying to go. The point is that in fantastical worlds that are created from imagination where the plot is a little bit extreme as it is and it's, you know, not based in reality. We can let go of whether or not we look like the people in Avatar. They're fucking blue. Doesn't like race doesn't really matter for the most part in that. Unless, of course, it's like a fantastical world where they're trying to expressly distinguish between one group and another group. And that happens to be, you get where I'm going here. And that happens to be part of the story. But in as I think that's another reason why. I absolutely adored Lovecraft County um, because it included those topics such as like the Green Book and it included race on many different levels in a bunch of different episodes. It included the stresses and traumas of traveling as a black person. And it also wove in like that fantastical shit, like that imaginary occult. Well, I don't believe the occult to be imaginary. Um, But like that fantastical world of shit, right? Between the monsters and the shape-shifting and stuff like that. You know, those pieces that they were able to bring in and still keep race, ethnicity, and... Gender, even there, there were so many themes to that, and I feel like there are so many talented writers and so many talented creators that these, this is possible. You know, it is absolutely available to us if we find these artists and really tap them to use their gifts and their, um, their skills to tell these stories and to let them tell these stories and i really just wish that there were you know like we've already lost a lot of people over the last couple of weeks and years rest in peace to michael k williams who actually tweeted me back twice And I'll always hold on to that. And I really don't want to get into that story, but I love that I have, or I had my own moment with him. It was nothing deep or nothing, but it was deep for me in that experience. But saying all that to say, there's so many talents out there and there are so many different stories. And it's really disheartening to this far into the world of art and the world of movie making and storytelling that I can't see myself in as many movies and shows that I would like to, and that I can identify with many of the main characters of beautiful stories, great adventures and excitement because... I know that my experience of these places and these uh, entities and experiences would be a little different. And it really fucking sucks when you get something like a Lovecraft and then it kind of just isn't able to continue. And it feels really disheartening to kind of have a little bit of what you're looking for and it'd be like a one-off. And so, I would like for this to be a call to action, if you will, to the storytellers and to the writers, like not to give up, to really to push your work, to create it, to make it and really hope that you're able to tell of yourself and tell stories where you can easily identify with the character. And you can see yourself in fantastical, beautiful, creative, exciting worlds that adventure is and travel is able to gift us with. You know, I always like to end these episodes with travel is more than vacation. And I really would love if we had more stories and movies that depicted us black people as the main character that gets to love, explore, adventure, experience experience loss, experience newness in as diverse and colorful, meaningful ways as our counterparts are able to be depicted in media. So, I think I did pretty well in keeping it fucking short. Um That's it, guys. I would like to encourage you to listen to episode I think 153. Um it's giving rich auntie vibes with Akia Nicole 150 Yeah, episode 153. I was right. Um that giveaway as of now is still open. I'm giving away a $100 gift card to shop Key and Nicole, and it is just joining the mailing list. If you haven't already, this way I can easily get your contact information and let you know that you won. So that will be up until the end of September when this episode in and of itself is airing. So good luck to you guys with that. Make sure to follow on Instagram. I even tweet my Twitter. All of that is in the description box. Um, travel traveling shit on everything for the most part. T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H underscore T. And that's the same on Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two places uh, of social media where I'm actually um, somewhat present. I do shit there. So that's it, guys. I appreciate you guys this week and every week for fucking with the kid. And I'll see you guys next week. Be safe out there.